Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Cat Spot Podcast. I wish. A podcast where we look at pictures of cats and talk about them. That would be a great podcast, let's be honest. I agree. And I feel like you'd get a lot of people to write into us because then they'd be like, well, I want to see the cat you were talking about. I want to see Adam. We would be a hit amongst elderly women. And a.k.a. me. Same. Uh, What did I do earlier? I did something at work earlier. Oh, I said that would be just Ducky. And someone is like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Yeah. That is an, an old person term. Yeah. And then they asked, um, someone was de- asking me to decode what, like, being a lemon meant, because someone was talking about their car being a lemon. And I was oh. like, I was like, that is not an old person thing. Like, I feel like being a lemon is a very common thing, right? No? it it It's an old term, but it's, it's common. It, like, lives up to its rep, if you will. So, I don't know. I'm an old lady. I like cats. Me too. It's fine. Um, but since we aren't a cat podcast, I guess we should introduce what we're actually doing here. I guess. Um, well, I'm talking about cats to cat. That's, <laughs> that's cats. That's, that's some Inception shit right there. Catception. Yeah, Catception. Catception. Um, and I'm listening. My name is Cat, and I'm listening to Tales of Cats from Danny. <laughs> Tails, like <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm Danny, mm-hmm. and I like telling tall tales about kitties, and also uh, talking about vegan things. That's why we're here. Yes, it is indeed vegan-ish things. Talk about vegan-ish cats things. not being jerks. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't know sharks. Yes, whatever, whatever, whomever. We want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my attempt at a segue. I don't know. I threw <laughs> the sharks in there. Yeah, it was a good one, I thought. Right. Um, yeah. We need like a sound, like a... <laughs> yeah, like a segue sound. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We need... Yeah. I'm telling you, we need a soundboard. Can you imagine if we just get one of those old school soundboards where we can have like the clapping... And like the like audience laughter, like the um, sitcom background laughter. I can't, I can't imagine it. Segway sounds, you know. Um, Andy would never let us have that, or we would have it, but only Andy could touch it, and we would never be allowed to touch it. Yeah, because he's a tyrant. <laughs> That's it. Uh, anyways, so do you want to introduce our episode? We're yeah, just, let's we're gonna, do like, it. Cold. I'm just going to cold, I don't know, cold call, cold episode, cold, cold, cold intro, episode? Cold, whatever. Cold intro is, yeah, I think cold intro is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we we just want to make sure that you wonderful listeners get to um, really just focus all of your attention on the content. We don't want to muddle it with any of our normal shenanigans in this instance, except for I don't know what's ever happened in the past 10 minutes or so. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Don't be distracted. We have a great episode in store for you. Yeah. So uh, what what is? So um, here here for you on your favorite 
podcast, not just your favorite vegan podcast, but your favorite podcast, end of sentence, um, we here at the V-Spot have for you a really lovely interview with one Julie Anderson, um, founder of Shark Angels, which is a non-for-profit that works um, around shark conservation. Um, But the cool stuff that you're going to hear about from Julie is also around her relationship with Rob Stewart, Mm -hmm. um, who is the genius behind the documentary Shark Water and its follow-up Shark Water Extinction. Um, So I don't want to spoil too much, but... um, I'm really excited for people to hear this interview, and I hope that um, you will all go and become Shark Angels and join Team Sharkwater, and I hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed doing it. Yeah, and if, you know, sharks aren't your thing, maybe it will help you find some um, someone or some cause that is more of your thing. Um, cause you know, that's yes. important too. And Julie said that's an important part of it or yes. uh, know, bring more awareness to, I don't know what's, uh, what's going on, what's out there. Yes. So. And I, um, I just, uh, I, I want to just emphasize really quick how really cool it was for Julie to even, um, take the time to talk to us because her resume is pretty insane. This woman has done so much and, has seen so much and I'm sure has a very busy schedule. So it was very cool of her to take some time out to chat with us um, in between, you know, fighting to save the world and, uh, you know, being undercover in China and all kinds of insane places and all of the things that she's done. So very cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So let's, yeah. uh, let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, stop the, mumbling and let them listen to the good stuff yeah okay okay all right there it is okay go um so uh, very excited today we have um julie anderson with us i'm really excited to kind of get into this julie i have so many questions and i'm so crazy excited about this film and really excited to talk to you so um she's she's like wringing I'm her like, hands I am. together i'm she like is squeezing my sweaty palms because i'm just so excited right now um So I thought maybe we would start off by uh, maybe if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got involved um, with shark conservation um, and how you got involved with shark water extinction. Sure. So um, about 11-ish years ago, I met this incredible person named Rob Stewart, and he literally is the singular reason for why I'm talking to you today and why I've completely changed my life. So I went to a screening in New York City of Sharkwater. It had just come out, and they were doing a screening at a film festival. And I was a diver and really loved sharks at that time, but didn't necessarily think that I could do anything to, to help with the issues facing sharks. So I watched this movie and Rob was in the in the audience taking questions at the end and completely uncharacteristically, you know, I waited until the end and came up to him and I was just completely 
I was blown away by this amazing human being. And if you've ever met Rob, you just know that he has this presence and he just, he makes you feel like you can do anything and you just want to get on board and help him with his cause. So that's what I did. I offered to basically change my life. I was, you know, I owned an advertising agency and I was a marketer and I thought, wow, what I can do is be a PR agent for sharks. So I offered that up to Rob and within a week I was in Toronto and I had a notebook full of information and we had a whole bunch of campaigns and that was two movies and three nonprofits and really hundreds and hundreds of really, really cool things happening for sharks together, you know, working on these campaigns together. So he's a very good friend of mine. And then also, of course, just a hero of mine and just an inspiration as well. Uh, that's very cool. Um, <laughs> um, you mentioned um, the three nonprofits. I know you founded Shark Angels, mm -hmm. um, Shark Savers, and then you and Rob did United Conservationists together. Maybe you can give us a little bit of information about those three and maybe how they work together or how they differ from one another. Right. Well, you know, I would consider myself a serial conservationist mm -hmm. in that, you know, I'm always trying to figure out the best way to go about conservation, especially shark conservation, because there's so many different aspects to the issues facing sharks. And so initially, I really thought it was going to be about education. And then I thought maybe, okay, it's going to be about enforcement. And I got involved with Sea Shepherd. And, you know, we did a joint campaign to um, do some shark conservation in the South Pacific. Um, shark Savers was a lot about working with uh, local consumers of sharks in um, particularly Asia. And Shark Angels was much more about media and using media to give people a different perspective of sharks and really kind of be positive PR um, people for sharks. And that's an, uh, an organization that Rob helped me start. And then United Conservationists kind of superseded all of them. And really what that is, is it is basically a way for conservation organizations to work together. So believe it or not, it seems like, you know, we're all fighting for the same cause, we should all get together and, and get along. But unfortunately, in conservation, a lot of times organizations, you know, they're fighting for the same money, they're fighting for the same donors, they're fighting, you know, really kind of to stand out. And what United Conservationists was about was finding ways to work together and really kind of unifying ourselves around common causes. So the first campaign was Fin Free, and that was wildly successful. 150 million people, even more now, live in a place where shark fins considered an illegal substance. And basically how we did that was we created a toolkit and we pushed it forward and said, you know, whatever conservation organization wants to take this, go put your name on it, just do it. Let's make the world fin free. And, you know, putting our egos aside, and that was a really big thing that, that Rob um, felt was important as well. Um, we've managed to do some great things together. I really wish more people took that kind of outlook because that's a thing we see in a lot of um, animal advocacy as a whole right. or veganism or anything is a lot of combative right. like, mm -hmm. tendencies instead of just like, it's for the bigger cause. Mm -hmm. It's not about me or you or Rob or Cat mm -hmm. uh -huh. or, or anybody. It's about the sharks. Mm -hmm. And so let's just get it done. Mm -hmm. So exactly. I really, I love hearing you say that. Yeah, and, you know, it, that's exactly what Rob believed. And I think he figured out ways to put the ego aside and also just unite people around a common cause. And it wasn't necessarily, oh, you're doing it wrong and you're doing it, you know, we're doing it better than you. And, and that's something different. And that's something that's carrying on way beyond, um, you know, Rob and his legacy as well. 
And I, um, I, I think that that's something that you really get from both Sharkwater and Sharkwater Extinction. I, I, I was fortunate enough to actually see Sharkwater Extinction about a month or so ago. I, um, in my in my real life, if you will, I actually work for Lush, so I'm very mm-hmm. familiar with the Fin Free campaign um, and uh, all of the the work that they've done with Sharkwater as well. And so I was able to see the film. And one thing that really stuck out to me was that it really is very it's so educational and it's so gripping like this this information is presented to you in this way that really does make you want to be better it really mm-hmm. does make you want to do better and and i was so um motivated to i i wanted to know more i left the auditorium and i was like i need to know more how do i how do i get more information around this um and i i thought it was really in, interesting um you mentioned again the fin free campaign with the fin free campaign you know the idea of educating people around shark finning and how cruel it is and how inhumane it is and one thing that i got from shark water extinction was it was also about shark finning but also kind of geared in this um you know, let's, let's rid, um, let's get sharks off of our plates and out of our cosmetics and out of these places you don't even realize they are in general, like the, the idea of being shark free, not just fin free. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about some of those ideas and how the kind of progression from fin free to shark free happened. Right. So, you know, originally what we were finding, you know, 10 years ago was the issues facing sharks was primarily because of shark finning. So that's the process of cutting a fin off of the sharks. And and typically, you know, the sharks are alive and they're thrown back into the water to die this awful, cruel, horrible death because they basically suffocate from not being able to move or bleed to death. And, you know, that obviously there's so many different reasons why, you know, that shouldn't be happening from just the sheer cruelty to the fact that, you know, the oceans can't sustain that kind of pressure um, and sharks keep the oceans healthy to the fact that it's completely wasteful. You know, 95% of the animal was being wasted. So there's, you know, there really was a lot of different ways to look at it and get people engaged in the issue. But what we found over the last 10 years was it became a lot more than just the fin. And really, as we're seeing, you know, the oceans become completely depleted from fish and from life and in you know, there's so many dead zones and so many places where, you know, we just, you know, what used to be, and when I say used to be, within our lifetimes, within the last decade, um, what's happening is, is that now they are creating new uses for sharks. And that's really kind of being driven by the fact that, you know, the tuna is really starting to disappear very quickly. And a lot of the other commercially viable fish species are disappearing. So what's happening is, is that, you know, very entrepreneurial, smart people are creating a need and a market for much less valuable fish. And in this case, sharks, which is crazy when you say much less valuable because when you think about how important the sharks are to the ecosystem and to the planet and to everything that we hold near and dear, including the air we breathe, you know, you'd think that sharks are very valuable. But sadly, um, you know, while a shark fin can take you know, somewhere between, you know, 200 to $300 a bowl um, of shark fin soup is basically what a consumer would pay, um, shark meat really is you're talking about pennies, um, you know, upwards of 50 cents a pound. So it's really crazy to think about the fact that, you know, here is this incredible animal and it's basically, you know, not 
valued at all. But what's happened in the last 10 years is, is the number of sharks being caught has increased significantly, and the uses for sharks have become much broader. And they're ending up in places where people wouldn't necessarily expect to see them. And I think, you know, with shark water, it was very, once you saw the movie, you know, you kind of thought about it and you said, okay, well, I don't eat shark fin soup, so maybe I'm not really contributing to the problem. But with shark water extinction, once you see the movie, you realize if you have pets, if you have plants and, you know, you're fertilizing them, if you eat, you know, sushi and you're eating California rolls, if you're using cosmetics or sunscreen or lotions, um, if you're buying, you know, furniture and it has something called shagreen on it, if you're taking supplements and they include something called chondroitin, a lot of times this is actually shark. And so what shark water extinction does is it really kind of sheds a light on the fact that there is a multi-billion dollar industry that's been created around decimating the oceans. And even as a conservationist who really thought she knew what was going on, I found that, you know, I was feeding my dog dog food that included shark. And of course, it isn't necessarily clearly labeled. But the fact of the matter is, is as a shark conservationist, as someone really well educated, I had shark in my home. So the likelihood that people that don't know what's going on have shark in their homes, it's pretty high. That, that Danny and I are sitting here looking at each other with our eyes as wide yeah. as they can possibly be and just shaking our heads in disbelief. But maybe this is a, a loaded and also quite possibly naive question, but I guess my question would be how, how can that, how do organizations and companies get away with that? I guess is my question right? is how can you right. sell something that's not what it's labeled to be? Or is it because the, you know, using terms like whitefish or using mm-hmm. kind of broad mm-hmm. generic terms, is, is that how they're kind of hiding what they're doing? Or I, I guess that's just my question is how, right. <laughs> how does I know. that happen? <laughs> Why isn't this illegal? You know, we did, yeah. a, we did a Q&A this weekend during the launch of the movie and it was, why is this not illegal? And the fact of the matter is, is it's completely legal and it's legal on so many different levels. So a lot of times, you know, companies are not being held to, you know, very strong requirements in terms of proper labeling. And uh, I think about two months ago, a study just came out from Oceana that 43% of the fish that consumers buy, whether they order it in restaurants or they buy it um, in grocery stores in Canada, you know, a first world country that you would assume has extremely, you know, important laws around labeling, um, 43% of the fish that consumers buy is mislabeled. And so when you really kind of play that forward and you think about the fact that, you know, food we're consuming is mislabeled, what about food that we're not consuming and we're, you know, putting on our faces or we're feeding to our pets or, you know, we're watering our plants with? It's absolutely outrageous that as consumers, we have to do the due diligence and we have to hold these companies responsible to accurately label and then, you know, go one step further, which is, is it ethical and is it, is it, is it, should they even be using that product? You know, for instance, in squalene, which you mentioned, and of course, Lush as, as, as a partner mm-hmm. to um, to the fin-free campaign and to the shark-free campaign, you know, obviously the Lush products have never and, and would never use squalene, but squalene is utilized from a shark source, but squalene is utilized by quite a few cosmetic companies, and I don't want to name names at this point, but we will be um, as, as the, the testing continues, but squalene can come from vegetable sources or it can come from, you know, uh, shark 
And most likely, uh, if you have a product that doesn't say vegetable derived squalene, you know, manufacturers are taking it from sharks just because it's cheaper and it's easier for them to process than it is from amaranth or from olives or from any of the other sources. So it's just wrong on so many levels, but sadly, it's not illegal. It's it's crazy because that just hit me too when I was thinking, um, just because you know we are label paranoid as mm-hmm. vegans, like the things that are hidden places and this and that. Um, mono diglycerides, right? Is that what I'm mm-hmm. thinking, Andy? Um, can be plant or animal derived, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. And it's funny because mm-hmm. you're like, but why wouldn't you do plants? Yeah. <laughs> like if, if the option is a, is a plant or a sentient being, mm-hmm. as it were, why would you? Why would you not? And it's crazy that another thing that you have to like look for is is a shark and it, it's yeah, funny because right. they're they seem it's like this weird duality because people see sharks as as big scary unknown creatures and, and yet they're they're just as exploited as anyone else might be yeah and worse, i worse possibly i was thinking too about the duality between pe- there's definitely some misconceptions around sharks right people think that they're scary mm-hmm. and they're mean and they eat people and all of these crazy things but i, I think too that there is the other side where people do recognize mm-hmm. that they are an important part of the ecosystem. So it's interesting that those two things, I mean, they mm-hmm. clearly fight each other very strongly. Do you find that you get that a lot, that people are just very misinformed where sharks are concerned and that they have this idea that they're scary or that they're not smart or that they're, you know, a, a myriad of other things as well? No, completely. You know, and and that is one of the biggest issues facing shark conservation is, is, you know, when we tell people between 150 and 250 million sharks are killed a year, you know, that number is startling to anyone. And they'll stop and they'll say, wow, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then a vast majority of people will look at us and say, so what? Why should I care? The only good shark is a dead shark. And, you know, that to what? me really, yeah, exactly, right? Um <laughs> The caveat here, though, and the thing that is so exciting is, is that it tends to be, you know, people who are a little bit older um, and grew up in the Jaws generation, right? So, and kind of grew up with all this misinformation surrounding sharks. And I think just misinformation in general, you know, and didn't really understand what was going on with ecosystems. And, you know, they've kind of got their head in the sand right now in terms of what's going on with, you know, the environment. But kids, kids get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we tell people, when we tell kids, you know, there's nothing extra in nature, they're like, yeah, of course, absolutely. You know, we need sharks on the planet. And I think they have the fascination with sharks that, you know, most people have had scared out of them, so to speak. So, you know, we kind of laugh and come t- sometimes joke just because some, you know, if you're not laughing, you're crying over mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, here we are trying to save a creature that some people like kind of regard like the Ebola virus, like just get it off the planet. Um, but at the same time, you know, obviously we need them on the planet and people are becoming a lot more aware of it. And it's, it's so weird because I'm like, they're not even bothering you. (laughs) You know, you could make an argument for not that any creature, insect or otherwise deserves to be eradicated, but like say mosquitoes, (laughs) you know, something like that, that bothers you on, on a daily basis in the summer. Sure. You can tell me that you wish they were all gone. (laughs) Like Sharks are literally not bothering you. And sharks have survived all the extinctions that have ever Mm -hmm. happened, right? They've been on this planet long before we were and will be on this planet, I hope, long after we are. Um, So it's, you know, it's it's just wild that people are so uh, oblivious, I guess, or um, 
that they choose to be that way, I think, in some cases, too. And I think it's too because they can't see them. Mm-hmm. We've, mm-hmm. we've said that a lot, like fish yes. in general and anyone who lives in the water, in the ocean, in the sea, people are easily forget about them because, mm-hmm. you know, you are probably less likely to see a shark than you are a giraffe. It's, sure, it's, it's a sure. little bit easier, sure. you know, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think that's why Rob's movies are so important too, right? Mm-hmm. Is this because, you know, short of going to an aquarium, which of course, you know, I feel very strongly it shouldn't be happening either. Um, there's no way for people to connect with these animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these beautiful images of Rob underwater, these incredibly high res images of Rob interacting with these creatures that are completely opposite of what most people expect when they say the word shark, you know, I think is so important for sure. But it's it's crazy. And that's why shows like this are so important, too, because a lot of it has to do with the media. And so, for instance, this year, you know, only four people around the world, four people were killed by sharks. I mean, that's an insanely low amount of, you know, people compared to just about every other animal, (laughs) you know, man, everything on this planet, mosquitoes like kill thousands more than that with malaria. Right. Right. Um, But the thing is, is like, I just saw an article two days ago, which was, you know, shark bites are on the increase. And I was thinking, yeah, they're on the increase, but the actual deaths from sharks are on the decrease. And most of those bites are just, they don't even require stitches. So, you know, come on, like, really, can we just be a little bit more, you know, balanced in terms of, you know, the reporting that comes around sharks? But the fact of the matter is, is it it sells. And as soon as someone says like, oh my gosh, there was a shark attack. If you ask them like, okay, well, tell me exactly what happened. Oh, well, you know, um, you know, the shark swam by the person or, you know, I mean, like most of the time and has nothing to do with a person even being injured. And you're just like, okay, come on, really? Um, there's a lot of drama and, and a lot of unnecessary drama when it comes to sharks. And I think you're right. It, part of it has to do with people can't connect with them because they don't have them in their world. They can't see them. And they also kind of are like these monsters in, in a world that, you know, a lot of us are afraid of in general. We kind of don't have control in the water. So people get a little bit scared about them, but they're definitely not what they seem. It's it's so um, crazy to me, uh, because if you think about, uh, you know, such a small amount of humans are killed, were killed by sharks Uh versus the amount of sharks that are killed by humans, it's really kind of overwhelming. I, you know, I was thinking about two different things, you know, in both shark water and shark water extinction as well. The amount of fins that, that were, that come into contact with there's a couple scenes in shark water extinction that come to mind there's one um, I forget which country Rob's in but there's just tarps and tarps filled mm-hmm. with shark fins mm-hmm. and animal oh mm-hmm. my goodness and it's mm-hmm. staggering the amount and it's and that's all just being it, it's just waste it's they're just there and it's like for what what is this for you know mm-hmm. and that comes to mind and then there's another scene I I, um, I know it's um on a, a tour boat in Florida with um, yeah. a gentleman who catches the um hammerhead oh my god (laughs) you not just want to punch him in the face (laughs) what a human he is i know (laughs) wowie um (laughs) and it's like you know people are paying this guy to go and 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 what catch a hammerhead take a selfie and then release this very injured animal that's probably not going to survive back into Uh the water and we have the nerve to be upset about a handful of shark bites. <laughs> you know I know, I mean? right? It's just, oh my. <laughs> I know. You almost think the sharks should just rise up and be like, all right, guys, we're That's done with I'm you. Kidding. This is ridiculous now. Yeah. You know, and 
and the the scale of it is just crazy. Uh, you know, I went to um, uh, a fishing port in Asia, in, in Japan, as a matter of fact, um, that was supposedly a tuna fishery. And the day that we arrived, they landed 7,000 sharks. So there's actually some footage at the end of shark water extinction, um, like right before the credits roll, where Rob is just walking through piles and piles and piles it's like three football fields of a warehouse and there's just piles and piles of sharks and that was the moment where we realized well shark finning um was driving some of this but a lot of those sharks were actually um blue sharks and they were put in trucks and as we followed the trucks we found them going to fertilizer and also pet food plants and we realized oh my gosh this is so much more than just shark finning and we also went to um china together a couple of times and in one time we went under cover to a city called Guangzhou. And a lot of the shark fin trade has moved from Hong Kong to Guangzhou. And we ended up in malls, like five-story malls and store after store after store contained like only shark fin. It was absolutely incredible, the mass. I mean, I, I would have assumed like each one of those malls probably had 100 million shark fin in it alone. And you just start thinking about like, how is this possible? How can we be doing this? How can we be taking a predator out of the ocean that's so important to us and just using it for soup? It's crazy. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because it's speechless. And I know it's it's interesting, too, that you mentioned the Jaws generation because Sometimes that happens mm -hmm. with human beings. They see one thing and they're like, uh -huh. this is truth. Sharks are scary. Mm -hmm. Not taking uh -huh. into account the fact that I think sharks are always happy because they're always smiling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. So, you know, they have a lot of teeth. They can't help that. Mm -hmm. But like, they're always smiling. So why would you, I don't know. There's, um, I can't remember who... It was. I remember seeing it on BuzzFeed that there was a big shark that recently um, some divers got to swim mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. and, and I can't remember specifically what it was, but you probably it was definitely a great white. Yeah, it was with some folks that have worked um, in, that that helped with shark water extinction. So Ocean Ramsey um, was the gal who swam with it, that. and it was that giant giant shark right and this teeny tiny beautiful little mermaid of a girl. <laughs> yep, and it was so beautiful to watch and like the shark just wanted to be pet you know it was mm -hmm. like hello I'm just visiting nice to see you swim away mm -hmm. like it was so moving I watched it over and over mm -hmm. actually it was just it was nice and I, I hope more little things like that because yeah. somewhere like BuzzFeed hits everyone you yes. know like that doesn't take anyone you know maybe some people will then go look at shark water extinction yes, because and, they're like, look how sweet they are. And that yes. what you were saying before about um, the, the footage in shark water extinction of Rob with the sharks, that I, that was something I wrote down to discuss because I, I mean, it's beautiful to watch to mm -hmm. Danny's point of that video as well. It's, it's beautiful to watch and it's so touching to see mm -hmm. the relationship that he's forming with these creatures that most people, I, I, maybe someday will, but probably not. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people will never have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people might watch that kind of footage and be like, oh, that's so scary. But it's it's so beautiful to mm -hmm. watch. And I love how in the document, in both documentaries, but in Sharkwater Extinction specifically, it's so well 
included. You know, there's a lot of heavy information, a lot of stuff that you're like, oh, wow, I need to make some changes. Oh, wow, I need to educate myself. Oh, wow, I had no idea of any of this. I feel so overwhelmed. And then there's this beautiful footage of this wonderful human being interacting with these animals. And it, it mm-hmm. just really kind of brings it back to why this is so important and the relationship that we should have as all beings who inhabit this earth, right? Like why, mm-hmm. why is that not the way that we're seeing it? Why, why is it, oh, that's so scary or, oh, I could never, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and Rob was a very special person for many, many reasons, but he was a person similar to everyone else. So mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. I can't go swim with sharks and maybe person X can't ever, but being able to watch that vo- footage of, you know, someone who could do that, who was able to go interact with them is should be enough Mm -hmm. for everyone to realize, oh, this is, you know, if Rob could do it, I could do it. Mm -hmm. Like this, this just means that sharks are, you know, they're, they're innocent. They're, Mm -hmm. they're just being sharks. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I mean, that's the thing, right? Is this like every single person could swim with sharks. Now, whether or not you want to is another story (laughs) and whether or not you will is another story, but I would highly encourage everyone to do it. A lot of what Shark Angels does and also Team Shark Water is take people into the water with sharks. And I mean, we've taken everything from, you know, nine-year-old children to famous athletes, you know, big burly guys to surfers and everything in between. And every single person's experience is the exact same. And it's the exact same experience that we all had at one point in time. And, you know, we kind of call this like, you know, like crack for the shark conservationist. And that is, is experiencing that moment where people's perspectives shift and they get into the water and sometimes they're fearful, sometimes they're excited, but definitely, you know, emotions are running high mm-hmm. and they get in and everything shifts and changes when they see their first shark and they absolutely fall in love because these animals are calm, they're interactive. And Rob says something in shark water extinction that really, you know, hits home. And that is, is to, you know, get humans to care about sharks, I needed to show them their, to show people their human side. And that's so true. And, you know, people sometimes think that sharks are these mindless, dumb predators that are, you know, are just bloodthirsty and out to get you. But, you know, scientists have proven they have social structures similar to dolphins. They have cognitive abilities. They can recognize one another. They have distinct personalities. It's amazing. I mean, they have BFFs. So like, (laughs) I mean, it's a pretty cool thing to think about the fact that here are these incredible creatures that could eat you if they wanted to. And more often than not, they just really choose to interact with you, to be curious. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Every time you get into the water with sharks, you realize, wow, these are completely different creatures than what I thought. And you just become obsessed. (laughs) And how, you know, so something that Danny and I were talking about was that as animal activists ourselves and people who um, consider ourselves very educated in animal rights issues, and, you know, we live vegan lifestyles and all of that, one thing that we have really noticed is that there is definitely a separation in the vegan community between land and sea. And mm-hmm. so how, how, I mean, how do you get people to care about sharks? How do you get people to pay attention to the ocean and realize that, you know, it's not just animal rights in terms of animals who live on the land, but all, all of these beings, you know, really make up our ecosystem and all of these things matter. Exactly. And I think that's the messaging is, is that, you know, there isn't anything extra in nature and that we are all so interdependent. And, you know, sometimes we can't help people understand the role that sharks play in the oceans, but they do understand the role that wolves play in Yellowstone and some of the other mm-hmm. issues that, that we've seen occur when predators are taken out of the ecosystems. So that's definitely one way because, you know, that that 
eliminates um, a lot of the the issues that people have with, oh, yeah, but they're sharks and, you know, they're out to get me or, oh, I don't believe, you know, and, and mm-hmm. kind of the disbelief that they're okay creatures. You know, you take that completely out of the mix and you just help people understand that they absolutely are necessary on this planet, just the same way predators in other situations terrestrially are necessary, too. So that's for sure one way that in a, in a good way for us to communicate with folks. And I think the other one is the one that you brought up, which is, is to get into the media, you know, get into, you know, pop culture, some of these really perspective shifting um, imagery, images and videos. So ocean swimming with a white shark. I mean, I loved that. That was absolutely amazing because whether or not, you know, you knew what was going on with sharks, whether or not you thought they were dangerous, you stopped and you watched it. And, you know, it, it opens up a dialogue. And I think that those kinds of provocative images, those kinds of provocative news clips and the things that, you know, the movies that rock makes as well you know in shark water he's stroking the shark and it's just loving it and you're thinking like oh wow okay those are the kinds of images I think are a lot more compelling than trying to show people a whole you know warehouse full of dead sharks because they just can't relate and and a lot of people don't care that's 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 preach no that's 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 just it is we um we like to take the more positive spin on things like yes these terrible things are happening, right? But mm-hmm. instead of wallowing in that, why not show and connect people with the reason why we should care instead of just showing the horrible things? Because mm-hmm. sometimes, um, you know, beating someone over the head with the negative things, they get scared or mm-hmm. they're like, no, that's not happening or that's not real or this or that. But, you know, you appeal to the humanity of humans mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just say like, well, look at this, you know, look at this shark. Like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier for people to say, oh, wow, that is cool. So what's going on with them? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think that's why mm-hmm. I think that's why shark water extinction is so great, too, because mm-hmm. I can see how somebody watching these kinds of films might be like, oh, well, that's those are things that are happening in Asia or, oh, those are things that are happening in Costa Rica. But shark water extinction really kind of takes it to you know our own backyard here in the United States with the information around shark being hidden in all of these foods and products and things that are in our lives. And um, there's a part in the film where they um, show the um, drift nets out in California, which yes. I know there was some set success uh, around the video footage from that, right? Last yes. fall. That's very yes. cool. And now it's so great to be able to have wins and such quick wins too. So that issue is decades old and they'd been fighting that issue for so long and it wasn't until Rob and um, Brock, his his dive buddy, uh, decided, you know what, forget about this. We're going to get in the water. We're going to, you know, basically take our lives into our own hands and we're going to show the world what's going on on these drift nets right off the coast of Los Angeles and San Diego. Um, And when they did that and when they had the footage and they had the footage of these animals dying in these archaic, you know, nets in California, right? You know, one of the most progressive, you know, far more progressive than most states in the U.S., um, it really shifted and it made uh, it very possible and very quickly to pass legislation to ban drift nets forever. And so now that they're banned in California, that's it. 
they're done in the United States. And that was absolutely incredible. And that was 100% due to the fact that Rob went out there and filmed and really made it possible for people to see what was going on. And in addition to that, we have legislation right now pending in Canada, which is amazing, um, to ban the import and export of shark fin. And we're introducing legislation right now with Oceana to do the same in the U.S. So fortunately, there are some great things happening um, because of, you know, conservationists working together and because of movies like Shark Water and Shark Water Extinction. That's really great to hear because I um, I know that even though shark finning is banned in, in uh, what, 30 countries now, I believe, it's mm. not, the importing is not banned. So that's really wow. great to hear for a candidate in the U.S. that maybe that's in our future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said like, for instance, you know, oh, maybe this is happening in Asia. It just absolutely is mind boggling to me, like what is happening in the countries within North America mm-hmm. alone. So, for instance, Canada is the largest importer of shark fin outside of Asia, which just like does my head in. I'm like, are you serious? And the U.S. is the third largest shark fishing nation in the world. So whilst we're not necessarily fishing in our own waters, I can tell you, having been on a a joint campaign with with Sea Shepherd, when we were boarding fishing vessels near Kiribati, those fishing vessels were flying American, Taiwanese, Korean flags. They were not flying South Pacific nation flags. So we're just going out into other people's waters and taking their sharks. And and the, you know, what's important to these countries is, you know, obviously healthy ecosystems. And unfortunately, we're just taking advantage of those situations. So I think none of us are blameless and and none of us can kind of throw up our hands and say, oh, that is happening somewhere completely different than the place that I live. Sure, sure. And how do you, um, with, you know, the work that you've done, you mentioned going out with Sea Shepherd and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, going on some of the dives and going to some of the countries Mm -hmm. you did for shark water extinction, that that must get dangerous, right? How do you kind Mm -hmm. of protect yourself and make sure that you don't run into anything really kind of terrible. Yeah, you know, and you see it in sharkwater extinction too. And when and when they're off the coast of California and fishermen are literally shooting at them, you know, and you're thinking, like, how is this legal? Well, it's not legal. But what happens on the ocean is just it's complete lawlessness and it it's even happening, you know, within the boundaries of the United States. So how do we keep ourselves safe, you know? That's the crazy thing is, is, you know, none of us necessarily have a background in combat or in, you know, undercover work or any of this, you know, like uh, even being able self-defense, things of that nature. And we're finding ourselves in these situations where we're coming up against people that are responsible for human trafficking, for guns, um, wildlife trafficking. It all happens within the same structures, within the same networks and the same people. So it's terrifying for sure. But I think it, what we do is so important that we're willing to take risks. And, you know, I've been with Rob when we've been, you know, escorted out of these places in China and we've had like police, you know, basically chase after us because, you know, we're not there with filming permits in a communist country and, you know, or running down a beach in the middle of Mozambique by ourselves, you know, with men carrying machetes chasing after us, you know, trying to get us because, you know, we cut uh, sharks off their lines. And I mean, I think in the moment we just do what it takes. And then afterwards we're like, wow, that was pretty dangerous. <laughs> and that's the funny thing is, is like you know, most people assume that because we're in shark conservation and we're in the water all the time with sharks as well, that that's the dangerous part. And in actuality, what the dangerous part is, is coming up against, you know, the, the, the people who are actually committing crimes against the environment and against sharks. Jeez. And isn't that interesting? Like, 
If there was nothing wrong with it, you wouldn't have to shoo people out of it. You right. wouldn't be hiding behind <laughs> things. You wouldn't right. be so on the defense. Like, right, of course. It's just interesting. Wouldn't, you know, yeah. just how people yeah. don't reflect like, oh, I'm chasing people out of here. <laughs> I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It is crazy. And how do you, I, I guess too, how do you kind of take care of yourself? You know, we talk a lot about compassion mm. on this podcast and how, you know, e- doing what we do, recording a podcast and talking about these things is not the same as running down the beach being chased by people with machetes. So I can't, you know, I can't imagine how, how do you make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're not letting, uh, you know, what can be pretty uh, traumatizing or upsetting information that you're surrounded with? How do you not let that get to you? You know, that's a very good question. And I think all of us have had very dark periods where, you know, I mean, just for me, just walking through, for instance, um, that horrible warehouse where I was surrounded by 7,000 dead sharks, you know, their blood and just covered in it and smelling of dead shark and just witnessing these things. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's traumatic and it's terrifying. And no matter how many times you're in it and no matter how many times you try and separate yourself from it, you can't help but feel. And it just, it is brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But I think us having a tribe and, you know, I think what Rob did is kind of spearhead that and united all of these conservationists who are going through the same things, you know, and able to support one another is absolutely critical. And, you know, for each of us being able to support one another when we do go through those periods is critical. But I think also being able to put ourselves in situations where we remind ourselves why we're doing it. And for me, that's been talking to kids and going to schools and just like getting into it with kids. And they are just so beautiful and so amazing and they want to get involved and they can make change. And to me, that fuels my conservationist soul. And I think the other thing that we do is we get into the water with these animals and it's few and far between. um, But when we do get into the water with them, I think we all are able to reset our batteries and just say, okay, this is absolutely worth it because we want to be able to do this. And more importantly, we want future generations to be able to do this as well and experience a world with sharks in them. That's so That's cool. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's very lovely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would just like to know what your um speaking of getting in the water, um, <laughs> what what's your favorite experience that you've had in the water with a shark or sharks? One that stood out to you as is one that was like a life changing or or just a really important moment with sharks. Oh gosh. I would have to say the first time I met a shark was completely life-changing because, you know, obviously once I met one, (laughs) I didn't realize this, but that was the day where they were going to get me to work for them for the rest of my (laughs) life. Um, But I, you know, I too was definitely terrified of sharks growing up. I, you know, I'd watch Jaws. I used to play in the pool with my brother and, you know, we'd play Jaws and do the music. And I mean, I was terrified and I definitely grew up with a respect for the water and loved the water um, and kind of came from a a family of mermaids, but I didn't ever want to meet a shark. And so I was carrying forward that misconception as well. And as soon as I could, I got certified to become a diver, but I did not did not want to um, get into the water with a shark. And that, in fact, I picked places to go diving where I knew there wouldn't be any sharks, which is crazy now when I think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, But I was in Hawaii and I was with my family and um, 
had had been diving for a couple of years at that point and really had, you know, basically met all these other creatures underwater and was just completely in love with being underwater and just felt at home there. So I was on a dive at the end and everyone else had gone up to the surface and I was kind of hanging out underwater by myself just because, you know, I just love it there. And all of a sudden I felt a presence next to me and it's pretty rare in Hawaii. Um, to turn and next to you have a scalloped hammerhead shark. And this shark was bigger than me um, within arm's length, eye to eye with me, right? That crazy, (laughs) you know, hammer eye, like right there. And I just like (gasps) almost swallowed my regulator. thought, oh my God, I am going to die. This is it. I'm by myself. I'm like looking up at the surface. My dad and my brother at the surface looking down. And I was like, oh man, what's going to happen here? (laughs) And I don't know. I looked into that shark's eyes and I saw life, not death. And at that moment, I realized that everything was different and that that shark was more afraid of me than I was of it. And you know, it was almost surreal because it felt like it lasted forever, but then it was gone so quickly too. And suddenly she just flicked her tail and bam, she was gone. And I thought like, did that even happen? And I came up to the surface and, you know, my dad confirmed, yeah, absolutely that happened. And it was that moment. It was that spark where I realized, first of all, sharks are not what they seem. Second of all, I need to question everything that I'm told. (laughs) And third of all, I absolutely had to have that experience again. And that began my journey when I decided, okay, I'm going to experience sharks. And I would go to places all over the world that were known for sharks. And what I would see instead of sharks was the remnants of shark fishing. So Burma Banks, Cocos, Tahiti. I mean, I came in contact with it so many times. It just tore at me until finally I met Rob and realized, wait a minute, I can take my marketing skills and maybe do something good with them. That's lovely. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just rendered speechless every time. Magical. (laughs) It sounds very magical. So magical. Although I must say too, like every moment that I spend underwater with sharks is amazing and incredible. And, you know, you, you witness a different behavior, you see something different, but every moment I spent underwater with Rob and well before we lost him, I absolutely cherish because he just had a way of communicating with sharks that was so different than anything else I've seen. It was almost, it was unspoken and it was intuitive and it just was this incredible relationship. And you see it in the film and you think like, okay, well, maybe this is shot a specific way or edited a specific way. But I promise you, every time he was in the water with sharks, they would come up to him and interact with him in ways that was just so incredible and so special. And I'm just so lucky to have been able to experience that firsthand. That is something that you see in the film. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something that I felt from the first shark water and something that I definitely felt Mm -hmm. from the second. You really can get a glimpse into who he was as a person. And it's so Mm -hmm. inspiring. And it really is just, you know, when I um, when I saw the film, um, I I mean, of course, I was in an auditorium with people who work for a company who felt very closely Uh tied to Rob and his mission, but there was not a dry eye in that house. And I Uh can't imagine that that's not the response every time people get the opportunity to see this film. Have you found that, um, you know, in the screenings that you've attended, that it's been a a more of an emotional experience because of losing Rob and everything? It is so powerful and so emotional. And you know, whether or not you knew Rob, I think people are completely blown away by it. And for me, if there's any silver lining in this horrible dark cloud that's over our heads, it's that, you know, this story is now so much more than a shark story. It's a human story. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people can't can't connect with animals and can't connect with the environment. And they've closed themselves off so much to all of the things that we should be holding dear. But 
those people can still connect with human beings, hopefully, most of them can. And I think that's where the story starts to touch them. And mm-hmm. for me, I'd love to see that too, because there are going to be some people who just shut it out and, you know, and you're just never going to touch them in any other way. And I think it also allows us to have a much bigger platform from which to speak as well, which to me is really, really important on this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, you know, like like I said, not a dry eye in the house when I saw it. But even um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. talking about it after the fact with my coworker, and even in doing the research for talking to you tonight, mm-hmm. I I can't keep my eyes dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it, it's you know the information in terms of shark conservation and what's going out in the world is so emotional in itself. And then you have this added element. And for me personally, and I hope that everybody else who has the chance to see this film responds in the same way, mm-hmm. it's motivational and it's inspirational. And it, it does make you want to go out and and be a part of finishing Rob's legacy. And it does make you want to go out and learn more and, and be a part of this movement that he was so important in, in getting started and, and all of the progress that was made because of his films. And I just, I can't, I wish I had met him and I wish I had known him because I can't imagine, um, you know, being in in the actual presence of somebody who comes across so wonderful mm-hmm. in his films. Mm. The way he comes across in his films is Rob. He's mm-hmm. authentically and truly the most amazing human being, but so down to earth too. So warm, so kind, so just... I mean, even with that horrible man, Mark the Shark, right, oh and Sharkwater Extinction, <laughs> he was still able to interact yeah. with him. And and afterwards, you know, kind of really kind of think about it from his perspective yeah. and, you know, give – he always gave everyone a chance. And he always kind of – he's just the most incredible, fair, wonderful human being, always looking to just kind of improve himself and make himself a better person and, you know, try and do things better just from his own standards and really not. And I think you mentioned it in the beginning too, like not be judgmental, not, you know, be condemning and really kind of just help people rise up to the challenge and make everyone feel like they're heroes. I mean, Rob basically thought a hero existed in everyone. And when you're around him, your hero, like your superhero power came out and you just wanted to work with him to do whatever you could to help if not with sharks, with something that you cared about. And that was really kind of Rob's mantra was, you know, take what you're good at and take what you're passionate at and smash them together to live a life of purpose and also to live an incredible life like he did and be surrounded by people that you love. And just, he'd say, you know, there was nothing better than waking up and realizing that you were going to work hard to save the planet and you were going to be surrounded by amazing people that were doing the same things. And to me, that's just like what you get from the movie and that's what you get from knowing Rob and that's just what you get from being a part of Team Sharkwater. So hopefully everybody wants to join us because we need a lot of help. (laughs) Well, I guess that Mm -hmm. um, could be my next question is how can people get involved Mm -hmm. and how can Mm. people, um, you know, kind of uh, join Team Sharkwater and, and help move Rob's vision forward? There are so many different ways that you can help. And I think, you know, a lot of us just say like, okay, well, you know, Rob is a special human being and obviously he committed his life to shark conservation, but I'm not going to be able to do that. And what difference can one person make? And what I say back to those people is as well, there's 12 million square miles in the ocean now that are shark uh, sanctuaries because of one human being and more than 150 million people live in a place, you know, where shark fins and illegal substance because of one human being, but you don't have to change your life completely. 
absolutely every day you're presented with decisions that, you know, obviously make a difference, not just for sharks, but for the planet in general. So, you know, whether it's you saying no to a straw or whether it's you supporting legislation that, you know, protects the ecosystems and the animals that you love, or whether it's you picking up a piece of trash and throwing it away in a, in a trash can, or hopefully, you know, voting with your dollars. And that's something that I think is so important and something that every single person that listens to this can do immediately without changing their life. And that is being con- informed consumers and really starting to look at not just what is in, you know, whatever product you're buying, but understanding that every time you spend $1, you're voting and you're voting either to support companies that are making the world a beautiful place or you're supporting companies that are decimating the world. And from my perspective, hopefully everybody just starts to take that on a little bit more and really get educated. And that being said, there's quite a few resources on sharkwater.com mm-hmm. to understand what shark is contained in and what kinds of products there are. We're in the middle of um, testing right now and really kind of trying to broaden our ability to conduct testing. So we're going to be doing kind of a, um, a crowdsourced type of um, fundraiser where essentially for a certain amount of uh, donation, you can then get your product tested as well wow. um, and then build kind of an app around that as well so that you can scan um, a UPC code and understand, okay, this does contain shark. This doesn't contain shark. Obviously, we have to be very careful because sure. it can be a very, uh, very charged and potentially litigious situation. But I think just becoming an informed consumer, um, there are 10 ways, like within 20 minutes, you know, if you just see the movie or you hear this or you just kind of hear about Rob, um, there's 20 minutes you can take out of your life and there's 10 things you can do to save sharks. And it's really, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be as extreme as, you know, getting on a Sea Shepherd boat or, you know, dedicating your life to making movies and, or, you know, selling your business like I did and and, and becoming a shark conservationist. But there really are truly so many different things. You know, we need help from every aspect, from help with social media to help, you know, um, reaching kids and, you know, developing curriculums to, you know, just about whatever your special skill is. There's absolutely a place for you on Team Sharkwater. Cool. So good. <laughs> cool. It's, I mean, Join that's, us. That's, that's really, it's really reassuring to hear because again, sometimes you, you see these things, you're like, I could never do that. Like I, I can't, I don't you know, know where to I'm start. just an average yeah. person. I don't know where to start. What can I do? But you can just start with the basics. Mm-hmm. Same thing as we yeah. say about saving any animals, mm-hmm. being a better person, you know, going do vegan, do what you can. Start with the little yep. things that you can control, who you buy products from, you know, mm-hmm. what you talk about and things like that. And and so I, I just think that's really nice to have all those resources mm-hmm. for every single person to do what they can every single day to make a difference. Exactly. And it's not hard. I was just... Um... I was just visiting my goddaughter in South Africa. And as she was learning about what was going on, and, you know, she's a young teenager at this point, um, she was like, oh my gosh, my, uh, you know, she's, uh, she has horses and um, she shows horses. She race, uh, she is a show jumper. And she said, oh my gosh, my, um, some of my horse stuff has um, chondroitin in it. 
And so she read the label and then she got the email address of the company and she wrote the uh, company a very easy email because basically she could cut and paste from the Sharkwater site and basically asking what is the source of this product? Um, you know, what is the source of chondroitin in this product? Wow. And within 20 minutes, they'd written her back and told her the source. It wasn't Shark. Um, and then she was confident that that particular product no longer, you know, obviously was something that she could continue to use. And I think, you know, it's it's from the mouths of babes. It's mm-hmm. from the the kids that can make such change. You know, they don't complicate things. They haven't gotten to the point where they're like, oh, well, I can't do any of that because, you know, and they reason themselves out of actually doing something to, to get us out of the situation that we're facing with the environment and, and kind of how we're treating everything on this planet. It's them that, that can inspire us. And I think that's probably why we work with kids so much. And that's why Rob loved kids so much and working with kids as well. Is there, um, I don't know if there's already an existence or are there any plans mm-hmm. to have um, a, a, a kid version of Sharkwater or a Sharkwater extinction or anything like that? Or, or is there any plans to show it in schools or kind of any sort of yes. um, agenda there? Totally. So with Sharkwater and then also with Sharkwater Extinction, um, uh, a whole uh, a whole study guide was created. So uh, and we even raised money through um, actually through Lush. Thank you guys very much. Um, we were able to buy back the rights of Sharkwater from every market with the exception of Canada. And what that meant was is we could then give it to schools. So any single school that wanted to show Sharkwater, we were able to give them um, Sharkwater for free. Thanks to Lush and thanks for your amazing donations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so children were able to see shark water. And obviously, you know, we had the study guides as well um, and, you know, kind of supported it that way. And we're doing the same thing with shark water extinction. So um, obviously it's a little bit, the the subject matter is a little older. You know, we kind of recommend, you know, at least nine and up, but there Mm -hmm. are people that are showing, you know, much younger children. And that's really kind of up to the parents to decide. Um, But I would love to see us do much more with children. And that's definitely part of the Rob Stewart Foundation, which is something that Lush is also very Mm -hmm. supportive of as well. And it's just been so great to work with you guys because, you know, you have the same vision that we do. And, you know, very soon we hope to host our first um, shark training camp for conservationists, these young youth that are super passionate. Right. And it doesn't necessarily, we'll use sharks as a dialogue. So, you know, here is, you know, one animal obviously that needs protection, but if kids aren't inspired to save sharks, no problem. Let's give them the tools and also the tribe and and the mentorship to be able to do what they are passionate about, whether that's dogs or the other day, a little girl asked me how she could help save mink. And, you know, I mean, if it's dogs or mink or sharks or whatever it is, you know, the tools and and the, the connection to community, all of that is still the same. It's just a matter of, you know, empowering these children to realize that they can and, you know, we're there to help them. That's awesome. I love I, that. I want to attend. This. I know, right? How about adult? I know. I know. Ugh, we got to do a little bit of it last week in South Africa and it was just amazing to see, you know, kids get engaged and so excited about these topics. And, you know, and, and like I said, they, you know, they've gone, they're at a point where they're just, you know, really open to this, just being more compassionate and more conscious and, more kind to each other, to animals, to the planet, and giving these kids just a little bit of mentorship and a little bit of guidance. It's incredible to see what they can do. Yeah. Love it. Love it. 
Um, do you have any other questions, Danny? No, I would like to. I don't know. Now I feel it's funny. It's. it's I mean, I have. I, I hope, could talk all night. I have so I many know. questions. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you. Um, you also realize the inspiration and, and impact that you have, and I, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you've had countless people tell you this, but <laughs> but very similar. You can you can tell that you you know were very much impacted by Rob and everything that you've done so far because just hearing you talk and the way that you speak, the things that you say is very inspirational, similar to watching, you know, one of the films Mm -hmm. or getting to talk to Rob himself is, is, you know, I would say that he would be very proud of everything that you have done because just doing something like this makes me want to go out and for sure right now change, you know, change the world. So Thank you. That's really, really sweet. I really appreciate that. Um, I guess, well, my, well, my last shark related question anyway, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. is where currently can people find shark water extinction? Okay. So Sharkwater Extinction has got a lot of different venues right now. Um, It is currently um, in the U.S. and Canada. It's on digital. So iTunes, Hoopla, Google Play, Amazon, and then a variety of other VOD providers. So video Mm -hmm. on demand. Um, Really, it's just a matter of, you know, going to sharkwater.com and just kind of checking your local market. Um, It is also um, premiering in the UK on March 22nd in theaters. Um, it will also be available uh, on DVD in the US on the 16th. It's in uh, theaters currently in the US and exciting. On um, April 1st, it will be launching worldwide um, with the exception of Canada and China, but there's going to be some other interesting developments and great announcements to kind of cover those regions as well. So on April 1st, it will be on Amazon Prime and will be worldwide. So all of these people who are dying to see Sharkwater, no matter where you are, you're going to be able to see Sharkwater Extinction. And then hopefully we're going to have a whole new army of people that are inspired to shave, save sharks or whatever other species they care about. I, I know that you will. I can't imagine anybody seeing the film and not being immediately compelled. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. And then it's just a matter of kind of taking that enthusiasm and turning it into something and, you know, kind of connecting people locally with a community. And obviously Shark Free is a very big campaign that we're working on right now. Um, and Team Sharkwater is hard at work trying to put in place the same tools and make it easy for consumers to approach companies and ask them to stop, um, you know, selling products with shark in them as well. And it really is kind of along the same vein as the Fin Free campaign. So definitely stay tuned on that too. Right now it's, um, on the sharkwater.com site, but it is very soon going to uh, take flight on its own as well. Yay, cool. Yay. Great. Cool. Thank you, guys. Well, thank thank you. you. Yeah. It's amazing to be able to get a different message uh, of sharks out there. So, and I know. You know, it was a very, obviously very important community, the vegan community to Rob and also just, you know, lushies as well. Mm-hmm. So I really, really appreciate it. And I'm, I, I know I can say without a doubt that it would be something that would meant a lot to Rob as well. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Our pleasure, no. honestly. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, you know, after you. Um, seeing the film, I, I immediately texted Danny and was like, oh my God, we need to do something with this. We need to talk to somebody <laughs> because it really is, unfortunately, hopefully soon to be changing. There is a disconnect in the vegan mm-hmm. community between land and sea. And I hope that um, films like Sharkwater and Sharkwater Extinction and, and the more education that people have access to, I, I really hope to see that change because it's just mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. So 
Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, thank to... you so much. This was amazing. Yeah. No problem. You guys call me and let me know when you want to go meet oh, sharks because Team Shark Water is <laughs> definitely ready to take you ladies into oh the God, water. Yes. Don't threaten me with done, a good time. Done, done, and done. <laughs> yes, we're there. Let's do it. Oh my God, my anxiety Perfect. just went through the roof. <laughs> but I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Andy's face, though he's not talking, just lit up like Christmas. Yeah. He was like, ready he's like, I'm go. coming. Yeah, he left. He actually just <laughs> left. Yeah, he's, he's coming he's to you right now. <laughs> yeah he's packing <laughs> well thank you so thanks much again, Julie. thanks guys all right all right all right all right so well, here, here we are yeah takeaways from that you know? <laughs> oh sure <laughs> um not so not take so, not not takeaways um, from the cats no um so <laughs> Yeah, so many takeaways. Um, I feel like we could have talked to her for a, a million years because there's so much to talk about with both just her experiences and the documentary and just all of it in general. So I don't, I don't even know. It, I want It makes me want to watch the movies again for sure. With like a bucket to cry into. Well, I mean, you need a bucket to cry into, especially when you watch the second one, but mm-hmm. um. You know, I, it's just such a beautiful story and relationship that she had with Rob and just like the whole legacy that he left behind and how dedicated people are to fulfilling his vision is really something. It's a legacy. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's just very, I don't know, it's very overwhelming, I think. And I think he's... You know, he inspired, I really do think that he inspired not only the awareness for sharks, but just like sharks as a representation of being able to connect with animals that we may not assume we can connect with. So like sharks are just one example, but often we see it with cows or pigs or, or anyone or giraffes or, or anyone like that, that, you know, people are like, well, you know, they're, they belong in zoos, they're wild animals or this or that not realizing that you can connect with these animals and that you should care about them absolutely yeah that's one thing i'd like to do you know look into a little bit more and and learn more about is um you know the a shark's place in the ecosystem and how they affect the oceans and how all of that ties to things like climate change and other um, ecosystems on land and i'd love to know more about that too because that's something i honestly don't know a lot about yeah admittedly it inspired me to want to learn more about sharks and, you know, go swimming with them. Right? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. The anxiety. But, like, let's do it. Oh. All right. Let's go now. We could do, like, a... We'll record an episode underwater. Oh, my God. Could, <laughs> I mean, it would probably make just as much sense we as any of the other shit does. speak to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely could. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for Andy just to be like, "We're done. We're done with this." He just—he's over it. But oh, I forget—you can see him. I can see him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's go change the world. Let's do it. Very cool, cool stuff. And uh, don't forget, folks, that you can change the world. The first step in you doing that is listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast. (laughs) Yes. 
Um, and then also just to reiterate, I'm sure Julie said it, but um, sharkwater.com is a really great resource. Um, her websites are getting the exact right now. Um, sharkangels.org is uh, one of her non-for-profits. Um, so definitely check out all of those websites. Um, and then the one that she did with Rob Stewart, the United, um, oh no, not the United, Cons <laughs> not the United Conservatives. That's very different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not um, the same. No, not the same at all. Um, so uh, finfree.org is um, where you can go and learn more about the FinFree campaign. Um, and we'll put all of this in the show notes, too, so that everybody is able to go to these websites and participate and um, help save sharks. Yeah. Visit those websites. Listen to us more. That's right. Visit our website, vspot.fm. Yes. Listen to us more. Uh, rate, review, subscribe for the love of God. Rate and review. We got some more. Uh, Did we? Review, or no, not reviews because everyone sucks, but some <laughs> ratings. Maybe by the time okay. this airs, we'll have like 20 billion more reviews and then this will ah. all be for naught. But I hope so. Me too. That would be, I would rather be wrong like that than to not have 20 billion reviews. Yeah, let's do it. Let's so. make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, and subscribe to a Patreon. Heck yeah. If you'd like to give us money to help mm -hmm. us keep doing really cool things. To help yeah. us fund a trip to go swim with sharks. Heck yeah. And you know what? Maybe it. we'll add a tier to our Patreon. Like, you know, you give us $5,000 and you can come with us. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. You know, we should add that $5,000 tier trip to California to swim with sharks. Let's do it. There you go. Uh, right. I think that's that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. That's all she wrote. All she wrote. Mm -hmm. I got no clicker. I oh, don't wait, I do. I, I can clap my hands. Yeah, clap, I can clap, make your clap, hands clap. Clap, clap, clap your hands. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>